Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, take out those worship guides. We are so pumped to be starting a brand new series today called Life Hacks. And I've got to explain what a hack is because when I, when I told my wife about the series last night, she was like, oh, like you're, like you're hacking somebody's, like on the website and you're, you're hacking into the computer. I was like, no, 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 that's not the series. So if she thinks that, I'm sure some of you guys are thinking that too. So let me explain it to you. Here's what a hack is. You can write it down in your notes. It simply means it's a clever way to solve a complicated problem. So you could go online and they have mom hacks and and, uh, you know, uh, home cleaning hacks, different things that you can do to find cl- simple, clever ways of solving complicated problems. So I'm going to help you get some really practical ones. Every week of this series, we'll find some good ones. I like, like one of them, you probably know this, but when you go into a parking lot and you can't find your car. So if you can't find your car, here's what you do. You actually grab your key fob. How many know this thing? And what do you do? You, you, you cl- hit the panic button until what do you hear? You hear the alarm and it goes off. Well, the problem with that is that it only works at a certain distance. So I'm going to give you a hack today that actually helps work, make it work for a longer distance. I learned this one in college and I'll say this, it actually works. So you could try it. I think you're going to try it on the way out of your locations today. But what you do is if it's not working, you take it and you put it up to your chin and you let it go like this and your head serves as an antenna that makes it go further than it would have gone before. It works. Now you might get brain cancer, but it works, okay? That's another issue, but but you'll get to your car. Hey, here's another one. Uh, Your your shower, many times it builds up residue in the shower, use it a lot, so what happens is it stops shooting out correctly because it's built up kind of mildew and residue. So to clean it, it's kind of a pain. You have to take it off, you have to scrub it down. Well, there's a hack that I'll teach you today. The hack is that if you get a kind of a Ziploc bag and fill it full of vinegar, and then you take the vinegar and you kind of wrap it and and onto your shower right there. And what happens is if you leave it just for eight hours, so leave it overnight, when you take it off, you're able to wipe it clean and it totally cleans your shower out. Now, you'll smell like vinegar for only about four or five weeks, but it cleans your shower out. It's a hack and I'll teach you some more of them over the next few weeks, but actually today, I wanna talk to you about hacking an issue in your life that I think we all deal with. It's something I definitely deal with, and you can write it down in your notes. I wanna talk to you for a little bit about hacking worry today. Hacking worry today, because we are worry people. We, We toss and turn about our kids, about our finances, about the future, about the government. I think worry is such a big part of all of our lives. Actually, it came to a head a couple weeks ago Katie and I were in North Georgia, and uh, we had this moment during Christmas where I was like, Katie, I want to go hiking with the kids. And, and she's like, Aaron, do you know our kids, we have four kids, they're six and under. She's like, you know, that's not like hiking up the woods if, um, ages. I was like, no, no, we're an outdoor, we're an adventurous family. I got a vision for it. And that was a perfect day, and I was like, let's go. So I found this trail. I did my research. I'm not a crazy guy. I found this trail, and it's like graded like the easiest kind of walking trail possible. You go up this little mountain and you end up at a waterfall. It's like, Katie, we could do this. So after a lot of convincing and, and, and urging, I, I get the family in the van, we drive there and she's skeptical the whole time. 
She's like, Aaron, I don't know. You know, we're going to be walking up a mountain with little kids. We got a two-year-old that doesn't listen. This is not a good idea. I was like, no, it's a great idea. And we get there, and I'm telling you, this is like the easiest trail ever. I mean, there's, there's ladies with their walkers, and like l- people walk in their little like Yorkies up this trail, and they're just having a good time, and, and it's so simple. And, and Katie doesn't see any of that. Her eyes immediately goes to the, bill, the bulletin board that's up there, and on the bulletin board, here's what it says. It says, warning, bears are on the trail. Warning, and then it gives you a whole list of what to do when the bears attack you on this trail. And she's like, Aaron, we can't go hiking. There's bears on the trail. I was like, there are not bears on this trail. And then right next to it, it's like, do not leave the path. If you leave the path, you can slip and die. Don't leave the path. And then right next to that is a whole list of like missing persons list. Of like people they just can't find anymore. So I'm trying to like cover it with my back as she's sitting there. Come on, kids, get on the trail. Let's go for it. She's freaking out. She's sitting there all so upset. So we get on this trail. And before you judge me, I just want to show you a picture because I knew you were sitting there and all your moms were like, Aaron, that was a bad decision. Let me just show you the trail, okay? This is a, it's like paved with like a path with like guardrails on every side. There is no escaping this trail, okay? So I get on this trail, and Katie is nervous as can be. The kids are right there. As soon as the kid runs ahead, she's freaking out. She's crying. She brings it back. Well, we get to the very end. We're at the waterfall. And I'm like, Katie, I want to go get a picture next to the waterfall. She loses it. I mean, starts crying. Aaron, you can go, but the kids can't go. I'm like, what does that mean? (laughs) You know, there's no way... And I, I'm sitting there going, it's not, like, I got a picture of the waterfall, okay? It, it's, it's, it's like a, a person's hose in their backyard, okay? It's like, I want to get next to it. She wouldn't let us go anywhere off the trail, and we're sitting there. So we finally do this whole event. We, we head back. It's, you know, it's, it's a mile or two, this trail is. We head back, and we get to the car, and I just had the best time. And I was like, this is so much fun. Got all these fun pictures. I was like, Katie, how did you enjoy it? And here's what she said. She's like, I will never do that again. I say, how did you never do that again? It was so much fun. It was enjoyable. Our kids are outdoors. It was a blast. And I realized something that Katie did in that moment that I think a lot of us do in life. And what happened is instead of enjoying the journey, she was so preoccupied by things that could happen that she missed out on what was happening in that moment. So I want your attention for just a second. I think a lot of you guys are worrying so much about things, what could happen with the kids, what might happen in the relationship, what might happen with the economy, and you're so worried and you're tossing and turning that you're so worried that you're missing out on actually living and you're missing out on what God wants to do in your life right now. So I think worry just, it it captivates us. Here's what Joyce Meyer says about it. She says, worry is a down payment on a problem that you may never even have. So you're stressed about something, you're losing sleep about something that you might not even have an issue with in the future. I actually, the root word of worry comes from the word strangle. And I love that idea, that imagery, because that's exactly what worry does. It strangles the life out of you. Listen, it strangles your joy. It strangles your peace. It strangles your your fun. So instead of enjoying life, you're so frustrated and so concerned because of all the things that might happen in your life. So how do we deal with, tr- with worry? Let me give you a hack 
for this, and it's a simple word. You can write it down in your notes today, is that we hack worry with, with trust. We hack it with trust. And because I truly believe that the greater you have a trust in God, the less you're going to worry. The less you're going to worry about your finances, the less you're going to worry about your issues and your struggles, the less you're going to worry about life because you have greater trust in God. Here's what the Bible says. It says that we should trust in the Lord with all of our heart, and here's what we do, and lean not on our own understanding. On our own understanding. Why? Because in all your ways you submit to him and he will make your paths straight. You are trusting something. I just don't know if that thing that you're trusting has the ability to sustain you. So Avi, help me out, okay? Avi's one of our incredible prayer leaders here. She's great. But um, Avi, I need you right there, okay? So here's the problem with, with, with Avi is that Avi, you might be strong and you might be great. She's got like 18 kids, but that doesn't mean that she's able. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little lean here, okay? okay I need you to hold. Uh, I need a little bit of help, okay? I'm a lot lighter than I was 21 days ago. So hold me up, all right? So, so as I'm leaning, I'm leaning on something that honestly over time, I'm actually not even over time right now, I'm kind of worried that she has, I need you to keep holding me up here. I'm kind of worried that she has the ability to hold me up. This, this is your own understanding. This is your job. This is your finances. You're getting there and you go, I'm so worried. Of course you're so worried because you're leaning on something that's really not that strong and able to hold you up. No offense, I'll be. All right, T.A., I need you, buddy. All right, T.A.'s the man, all right? T.A. is Abby's husband, by the way, so they're, they're a good, pup, good thing here. Now, the difference between them two is, listen, they, they, they both, I can put trust in both of them, but there's a way better trust that I have with this guy. All right, now listen, I, like this guy has the strength that I can be here for a while and I'm not sitting there going, oh man, is he gonna collapse on me? Oh man, is he gonna fail this thing? Oh man, is this all gonna fall apart? No, I can put a lot of strength. I can relax a little bit. I can preach my whole sermon right here because you know what? This guy's a pretty tough guy. Let me tell you, that's what it's like leaning on God. A lot of you guys are putting your trust in something that it can't sustain you, it can't hold you up. Would you lean not on your own understanding today and get something a little bit stronger in your life, a little bit greater in your life, bigger than your problem? You lean on God and watch him come through for you. Come on, give him better praise today. Thank you, guys. So, so we have to learn how to build our trust in God. And so the answer to this is not just trust God. Well, if, you, if that was the answer, you would already be doing it. The question is, how do we trust God? Well, the, the apostle Peter, who was one of the leaders of the church, he wrote this book called First Peter. And in First Peter, we see an outline, a description of how to trust God. And I believe over the next few minutes we have together, you're gonna build your faith so that when you can leave here, you can actually hack your worry with a trust in God. And here's how he goes. He starts it like this in First Peter Chapter five, and he starts with verse six, and we're gonna do it verse by verse straight through this, and I think it's pretty awesome. It says, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. That's what happens when you lean on God. You're humbling yourself going, whoa, 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 he's stronger than my issues. He's greater than my problems. And he says, under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, look what he's gonna do. He's gonna have what? He's gonna lift you up. He's gonna take care of you. And then he says, give all your what? He said, give all your what? your worries to God and cares to God for he cares about you. So if we're gonna hack worry with trust, then we gotta learn how to trust God and it starts with right there in our passage, you can write it down. 
It always starts with humility. It starts with humility. A lot of us, um, the problem in our life is that we think we've got it all together. We think we can handle things that God's never called us to handle. Pride gets us into some bad situations at times. I remember a few years ago, I had rented a car, and you know, you, I paid for basically where I would return it on empty so that it could, um, uh, then when I return on empty and they'll fill it up. Well, if that's the case, then I'm going to ride that thing until it's what? It's bone dry. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I was good until I was about a mile or two away from the rental car station and, and it, it dies on the side of the road. So I pull over and it's no problems because my friends are following behind me. And we pull over there in Orlando, and, and I said, hey, just drive me. There's a gas station a couple blocks away. So I jump in their car, I go to the gas station. I was like, hey, listen, I got to get a little bit of gas. You'll have a can I can use. They're like, no, we don't loan out cans. You got to buy one. I said, I refuse to buy a gas can. I am cheap. I'm not going to spend my money on this thing. It's going to be wasted. I said, can I put it in a cup? They go, you cannot put this stuff in a cup. I was like, I can put it in a cup. I can make it happen. So I grab a cup. I bring it out there. It's not a good idea, by the way, to do this. And I, I pour the gas in this little plastic cup, and somehow it, it's in there. It's like those 12-ounce cups. So I go to get my friend's car, and they're like, you're not getting in this car. They're like, we're not letting you with an open cup of gas lean in our vehicle. I'm like, they're like, go buy a gas can. I said, no, I refuse to buy a gas can. My way works better. This is going to be awesome. I can pour the gas in there throw the cup away. I'm done. I've made it. I've scammed the system. I've made it happen. Well, they said, there's no way. I was like, well, I'll sit in your car and I'll hold my hand out the window and you can drive me there. They said, absolutely no way. If you're going to be this stubborn and so prideful, just walk. So I'm going. I'm like, well, that's fine. I don't need you guys anywhere. I slam the door. I start walking down the street in Orlando with this. Like, they're driving by me, recording me on the phone the entire time because they're jerks, you know. I get to the car, the gas is swished back and forth, and it's barely even in there anymore. I get to the car, and I start to pour it in there, and I'm praying harder than I've ever prayed in my life. Lord, my pride's on the line. Would you please let this work? And God teaches me a great lesson at that moment, because I go to crank that car, and it ain't cranking. I have to get all the way back there and buy the gas can. It would have been better if I just would have started with humility. I think a lot of us have so many issues with worry and the root of it is simply that we aren't humble people. We are the God of our life. We're in control of our life. And we own problems that God never called you to own. We, we, we sit there and say things like this. If I don't think about it, nobody else will think about it. Really? Well, well if I don't take care of these kids, nobody else is going to take care of it. If I, if I don't make this money, nobody else is going to make money. If I don't make this deal happen, nobody else is going to do this. Let me encourage you today. You are not the God of your life. You, we have a God that's bigger than our problems, bigger than our struggles, bigger than our issue, and he loves you, and he'll take care of you, church. Come on, give him a little bit better praise than that. <laughs> Write it down in your notes this way. That worry at its root is us owning problems that are bigger than God ever intended for us to own. So, so we just give it to him and we submit our problems because we're not going to let pride get in the way of saying, no, no, I can, take, I can take care of this. I've got it in control. You know what a lot of the root issue is? We're control freaks. Come on, how many people know some control freaks? How many are sitting next to you? No, no, don't answer that question right now. You're a control freak. You, you want control. I actually uh, wrote out some questions that I think would be helpful identifying some control freaks in here. You don't have to answer these if these are you, but you might be a control freak if you ever help other people drive. Come on. And I'm not talking about people in the car. 
I'm talking about people that are in other cars. You're yelling at them. You're, you're screaming at them. Put your blinker on. They can't hear you. What good is that? You're a control freak. How, how about this one? You, you might be a control freak if you look at your inbox and it's at zero right now because two minutes ago, you checked it and you made sure that you responded to clear out that thing because you're gonna make sure there's no unread messages in my inbox. You're crazy. You're in church. Just let it go for like an hour. No, 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 I gotta be in control. I gotta be in control. How about this one? Like, I didn't even think this was a thing, but I realized there's control freaks you might be a control freak because of how you react when someone loads the dishwasher improperly. I didn't know there was an improper way. I, I would load the dishwasher and my wife, who I'm not saying is a control freak, but she will unload it and load it and she said, now it's done properly. Like the dishes are in the dishwasher when I did it. It, it was proper in my, you're a control freak is what you guys are. Now, listen. You're probably looking at these questions and going, well, I could have wrote better questions than that. You are definitely a control freak then. <laughs> Listen, if we're gonna have, this, have a life hack in our life when it comes to trust, we gotta learn how to turn things over to God. We gotta learn how to make him God of our life. We gotta make sure that we understand that he's a God that, listen, if you're up late thinking about it, he's thinking about it. If you are concerned about it, he is concerned about it. If it's something that stresses you out, it's something that's on his mind also. Here's what I wrote it down this way. Listen, we need to choose to trust in a God that cares so that you can trust God with your cares. He is a God that cares for you. And that's because he cares for you. And because he's so good, you can bring your troubles and your anxieties and your worries to him because he wants them. Listen to me, church. He started this thing in you. Don't be so deceived to think he won't sustain it in you. He put breath in your lungs. He will bring you to the purposes that God, he's called for you. Listen, if he started something great, he'll finish it. He saved you. He'll redeem you. He's put you on this path. He didn't bring you to this place to fail you. He's a good God. And if you trust that he cares, you can trust him with your cares. Give him praise today. Amen. We can trust that he cares for us. All right, here he goes. He goes on and says it like this. So stay alert, this is verse eight. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. It's kind of a weird thing to, to post right after a, a message on, on worry. Cast your cares on God and then watch out because you have this devil. And then he says like this, he's a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now it doesn't make a lot of sense to us because we live in Florida and none of you guys are like walking out of here going, all right, is there a lion around here today? Like, like, are we, is it gonna, is today the day we get attacked? No, no nobody does that. Well, it, if it was written in today's language, it would be like this. Listen, golfers, stay alert. For as you walk on that course, there's an enemy, and he prowls around like an alligator. <laughs> that at any minute, that dinosaur could jump out of that grass and get you. Like, that would make more sense to us. And what, what are you thinking? When you're on that course, you're not just hanging out. You're going, oh man, at any moment, there could be something that comes out of this water. So here's the key for us when it comes to worry. It's not just something we deal with internally when we don't have humility. It's also something we have externally. So we need to, number two, we need to stay alert. Because we actually have an enemy that is real and that is, is attacking our lives. 
So in the illustration that Peter used, he used the idea of a lion. Now that would make sense to that audience because of this, because in that audience, they were all shepherds. And shepherds have one job, and it's a simple job, and it's, it's a unique job, and it's a big job. And here's what it is. Protect the sheep. Protect the sheep. Sheep are defenseless animals. They can't attack themselves. You never see a sheep kind of get up and keep going, you know. It just doesn't happen. So, so why? They, their only way of staying alive is that they have to stay close to the shepherd. So the author says, here, listen, you need to stay alert. You're going to worry and here's why you need to stay alert, because there's an enemy, and he's like a lion. But it doesn't just say he's a lion. He says he's a roaring lion. I did some research on that going, why would they compare this whole analogy to a roaring lion? Well, here's why. It's because the lion does not just attack the sheep. Why? Because the shepherd's there, and the shepherd would beat him down. Here's what the lion does. The lion sits at a distance, and when he sees the group of sheep, he starts to roar. The roar brings fear into the sheep. They start to worry. And while they're close to the shepherd, they're sitting there going, something's coming to get us. Something's coming to get us. And they start worrying. And what does the lion do? He roars even more. He roars even louder. And the goal of the roar is to get the sheep so fearful that they, one of them, just one, has to dart away from the rest of them. And when he gets away from the rest of the gets away from the shepherd, he turns into the lion's lunch. So what did he do? He scared them into getting away from his shepherd. That's what the enemy still does in your life today. And you know what he's doing? He's roaring. He's saying, you're not going to survive this thing. That cancer is gonna come back. You're never gonna have a healthy relationship. Those kids are not gonna survive. Your finances are gonna end. The economy is gonna collapse. And he's roaring and roaring and roaring. And his whole job for you is to get you away from the shepherd. Can I encourage you today, church? Stay close to the shepherd. Stay as close as you can. When fear comes in, Stay alert, because he's trying to get you to run away, but stay close to that shepherd. He'll protect you. Let me say it this way. We have a good shepherd. We have a caring shepherd. We have a strong shepherd. We have a shepherd that's able to protect us when we feel vulnerable and when we feel weak. We have a good shepherd that has your best interest in mind. So when that enemy roars, when that fear comes, when that worry comes, just get close to God. Because I'm telling you, that's where we're going to find our safety. That's where we're going to find security. I think a lot of us don't get close to God because we just don't really think he cares about us. We really don't think that he can protect us during those moments. You really think he gave you those kids so that they can go off and do all, all the crazy stuff? No, he's going to protect you. You think he gave you those finances just so it all leaves one day? No, he'll protect you. This, I wrote it down this way in my notes. It could be the best thing you hear all day. Write it down. It said that you're going to cast your cares on God to the degree that you believe that God is for you. So I wonder if, if you're not casting it on God because you just don't understand that he's a good shepherd that loves you so much. So he says it like this. You've got to start with humility. It'll build trust in your life. You've got to stay alert. You have an enemy that's trying to get you away from God. And then number three says it like this. He says, listen, now stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. By the way, this is a good plug. This is why we do groups here. This is why you need to be in community here because 
you're not the first one to deal with what you're going through. So you're worried about something that other people have gone through. That's why we have the family of God to go, no, no, I've been through that. Don't, don't let it, you lose sleep. God's going to come through for you. We need that encouragement. There's believers all over the world that are suffering just like you are. And he says, stand firm. And then he says it like this. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after, after you have suffered a little while, look what he says. And he will restore, he will support, and he will strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. I love that, a little while. After you suffered a little while. You know what that tells me for us as believers? Is that your pain is temporary. Your season might be tough, but it'll pass. Every difficult issue that's happened, I want you to know, as a believer, as a sheep, as we're close to the shepherd, here's the good news for you today. It'll only stay a little while. It'll only stay a little while. Some of you guys think that a little while has taken so long. You're like, Aaron, when will it change? It's been months or it's been months or it's been years. And I want to encourage you today. We can trust God today because no matter what you're going through, it'll just be a little while. Because on the other side of that, God will bring you the victory. God will bring you the breakthrough. God will see you through. He didn't bring you this place to fail you. He's going to see you into that victory. Give him praise today, church. It's only a little while that it'll happen so here's the encouragement from Peter he says it like this he says so stand firm stand firm like like do this like stand firm make sure you you don't quit this thing and as you stand firm and as you do what God has called you to do and you don't quit you watch how God comes through for you my life has not as blessed as I am and as close to the shepherd as I am I've not been absent of pain we, we, nobody is. We've all gone through stuff. We dealt with issues with growing up that I've talked about openly before with issues with battling with my dad's addiction, parents' divorce. We had struggles within 18 months. We had my uncle on one side, a cousin on the other side, both commit suicide, had to preach both of those funerals. We've all gone through terrible things. And you've got your stories where you've suffered, you've had difficulty. And if somebody told you that coming to faith in Christ meant you're exempt from suffering, they were lying to you. But it does mean coming to faith in Christ does mean we're exempt from suffering without hope. Because I'm, encourage, I'm here to encourage you today. When you trust God, that suffering might be there, but it'll be for a little while. It'll be a season of your life. It won't be the rest of your life. It, and it'll pass. And that pain might be overwhelming right now, but it'll eventually be temporary if you just stand firm, if you just don't quit, if you just hold on to the promises of God. Watch what God will do if you just keep staying strong. He'll bring you through it today, church. A great pastor who was in a very serious difficulty in his life and in his future, he needed direction for the future. I think a lot of you guys, and I want your attention as we close this out, you probably are asking for what he asked for. Maybe 21 days of prayer and fasting was all for direction, the future, any clarity. Help me, God, what is, what is going to happen tomorrow? What do I do a year from now? Where do I go to school? What, what do I do for this company? And you all want to know about the future. So this guy was at a crossroads, and he needed clarity for the future. So he thought, man, I know what I'll do. I'll fly to India. I'll meet with Mother Teresa. He had a connection with Mother Teresa. If anybody knows, and anybody can help, it'll, it'll be Mother Teresa. So... 
He gets this meeting with Mother Teresa, flies all the way over there. She says, well, how can I pray for you? He said, well, the future is kind of unknown for me and I need clarity. I need clarity. Will you pray that I would have clarity? And Mother Teresa responded right away, nope. He's like, uh, excuse me, <laughs> I've flown here quite a long distance. This is my only prayer request I have. I want clarity. And Mother Teresa responded, and it's in your notes. I just put it there, but I want you to see it. She responded, I will not pray for clarity for you because clarity is the crutch of the Christian. I heard another person say that clarity can be our greatest idol, can be the thing that we lean on the most going, all right, I want to know. I want clarity. I want that crutch that I can lean on. She says, but I'm not going to pray for that because that's not what God's going to give you. But what I will pray is I'm going to pray for trust for you and pray that your trust increases. It's my same prayer. I'm going to pray over every single one of you guys right now. Because a lot of you, you want clarity about how to deal with that issue, how to bring breakthrough in that relationship, how to see those kids raised. I have no clue. But I don't know what tomorrow holds. But I'm thankful that I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know what the future is going to happen. But I know that who's in charge of the future. And I don't have clarity, but I have trust. And I'm going to trust my life in the hands of a God who is willing and who is able and can do exceedingly and abundantly above all I can ask and think and imagine. Can we give him our best praise today, church? So all over this place, just close your eyes. Because what I pray over you is that your trust would increase. Let us hack worry with trust right now. Some of you, the trust is simply that you need to cast your anxiety on God. That issue has kept you up. I, I've done it. I've tossed and turned in bed. I've lost sleep. I've woke up at three or four in the morning many, many times. I've just sort of learned how to give it to God. Ask him right now. Many of you, this could be your moment of breakthrough right now where you just cast that anxiety on him and say, God, I give it to you. I give you that frustration. I don't know what the future holds, but I'm gonna give it to you, God. And while you're making that decision and while you're, you're building your trust in him, if you're in here today and you have not started a relationship with him, it starts with trust. It starts with you just giving him your life and saying, God, would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? Would you forgive my sins? You might have tried to do it yourself, doesn't work but you can trust your life in his hands if you're in here today and you want to make a decision to give Jesus your life this is the moment where you put your trust in him all over this place we're going to have you make a simple yet significant decision to surrender your life to Christ and if that's you on the count of three I want you to throw your hand up I want you to wave it at me and put it right back down ready one two three all over this place come on throw it up thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you man Probably a dozen or so people right in this room. Thank you. I see you in the back, all the way in the back there. Thank you so much. Those at St. Pete, thank you. Downtown, spread this prayer. Say, God, I give you my life. I surrender it to you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Now tell them this. Say, God, I put my trust in you. Forgive my sins. Give me a new, make me a new creation right now. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to follow you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody that believes it says, can we celebrate with a dozen or so people right now? Right here, I know there's people at St. Petersburg. We love you guys. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that connection card, check on there. I committed my life to Christ. You just made the best decision of your life. 
We celebrate with you. We want to send you some resources and help you on this journey to keep trusting God. He's got good things in store for you. While you're filling out that connection card, Radiant, this is the time in our service. We get to worship God through our generosity and our giving. And we get to worship God with our giving. What giving does is giving helps us trust God with what I think is probably the most difficult area of our life, and it's our money. You see, many of us are worried about our finances, but you shouldn't be as a believer. Because when you tithe, when you give God your first, you trust that He's gonna take care of the rest. And I'm telling you, there's something that happens when you give God your first. He comes through in the rest of your finances, and you know He's for you. You know He's gonna work it all together. It just happens. And if you've never tithed before, let me encourage you to start a 2019. Start by honoring God with your giving. It's changing the world, but it'll also change your world if you start to give to God. Let me pray for you. Lord, bless this offering today. Thank you. That generosity is the way that we can trust you. We trust you by giving you our first, even before we know if the rest is going to last. We, we trust you by giving sacrificially, for we know that building your kingdom is worth it. And I pray a blessing over the tithers of this church at every location. And we believe you that you're going to do great things in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.